Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to the Karma You podcast. This is your host, Chloe Brotheridge, Hope you're doing well today. I'm a coach, I'm a hypnotherapist, I'm the author of a couple of books, The Anxiety Solution and Brave New Girl, which is available now. It's all about confidence and overcoming your fears and becoming more assertive, more brave, more courageous. I really hope you will check it out. And today on the podcast, we are talking about sex and this episode is well, well overdue because let's face it, confidence, anxiety, And sex is something that we don't talk about enough, and yet it's something that so, so, so many people are silently struggling with and suffering with. And although we talk a lot about anxiety and confidence these days, well, a lot more than we used to, we're not talking about it so openly in the context of sex. And one of the things that we talk about in this episode with my guest, Sarah Rose Bright, is that how you do anything is how you do everything. So if you are not in the moment, if you are not asking for what you want, if you're not speaking up about what you need, if you're not feeling comfortable in your body, in your day-to-day life, that is probably going to transfer over into your sex life and vice versa. So working on this area is an amazing way to feel confident in other areas of your life as well. It's amazing how one area can affect the other. And it's something that has been a real journey for me as well. I will admit that I really, really struggled with anxiety and sex, particularly in my 20s, where I would, for example, keep my bra on during sex, be completely inebriated every single time, be completely unable to express myself or ask for what I wanted or feel comfortable in my body. And for me, it's been a massive journey to grow my confidence and self-acceptance and learn to be more in the present moment in every area of my life, including in the bedroom. And I really wanted to share Sarah's advice and wisdom with you because I just think it's such an important topic. So Sarah Rose Bright is a leading certified sex, pleasure and intimacy coach and she empowers women and couples to discover and express their true sexual nature. Sarah has worked with hundreds of people to ignite their sexuality and live their full potential. So some of the topics that we get into, firstly we talk about body shame and how it holds us back in the bedroom and Sarah shares such a simple technique, something we can all do to start to overcome this. We talk about the weird technique that can really help to get you into your body and get rid of the anxiety that we all store in our bodies so that we can be more 
free and we can experience more pleasure in our sex lives. We also talk about how to feel more because if you're up in your head, then we're disconnected from our bodies. And for lots of people, this is a problem where maybe you don't have desire for sex or maybe you don't experience a lot of sensation. And so she shares about that. And we just talk about loads of practical things that you can do to have better sex, either with your partner or by yourself, when you're anxious or when you're low in confidence. So before we get into the episode, I just wanna let you know that my online course for anxiety is available this week and this week only. It's the 16th of September, 2019, when this is first coming out. And I run this course every six months. It is a interactive, supportive online course done with a group of people with support from me where we're learning tools to manage anxiety and become our calmest selves and it incorporates hypnotherapy tools from cbt loads of practical things that you can be doing to be that calm person that is inside you so if you want to find out more about that head over to my website karmayou.com forward slash program and you can find out all the details so let's get into this juicy episode with Sarah Rosebright. This week's episode of the Karma You podcast is sponsored by Pucker Herbs. I'm really excited to share that Pucker have launched a new tea, Peace, an innovative hemp blend to promote calm, which can be enjoyed throughout the day. It has become part of my routine to enjoy in stressful moments or when I want to switch off after a day of work. Even its beautiful packaging has a calming effect when I see it on my shelf. Peace tea truly is nature's antidote to everyday challenges. The ingredients are 100% organic and ethically sourced, which means it's not only great for you, but also the planet. So Peace tea contains ashwagandha, an ingredient I recommend to all my clients. It naturally improves energy and calms the nervous system. Chamomile, one of the most widely used relaxing herbs around the world. And hemp leaf, a variety of the cannabis sativa plant species. You've probably heard of the calming effects of CBD, a non-psychoactive component of hemp, and the tea contains CBD plus other calming essential oils from hemp. This blend supports the mind and body's ability to cope with, adapt to, and look beyond daily stresses. Perfect for busy 21st century living. Peace tea is available to buy at Sainsbury's and Tesco's, and I hope you love it as much as I do. Okay, so welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you today? I am really well. How can you not be well with such beautiful weather? <laughs> I know, I know. So, so good. Um, please tell us what it is that you do and how you got to where you are today. Okay, well, first of all, Chloe, thank you for inviting me today. Um, I'm a certified sex pleasure and intimacy coach, so I help many women and couples to um, I, I word it as to ignite their sexuality, discover and express what their true sexual nature is, not what they think they should be or expect they should be. And then once we access that, I see time and time again how it ripples out into all aspects of our lives. So really helping people to live their full potential with their sexuality is like a fuel for that. Um, so, um, and I didn't get into this work because I'm great. I was great at sex, which often people expect. I got into this work because I had my own challenges around sex. So I was terrified about sex. I didn't like my body. I didn't like my genitals. I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know how to communicate it, even if I did. 
Um, I was unhappy as well, just in all aspects of my life. I was in a corporate career at the time and I knew my sexuality was the place where I, there was the most fear, but nobody mentioned it. You know, even in personal development workshops 15 years ago, sex was just like this taboo word. Um, and you know, that, that quote about the place where you have your fear is the place to tread. And it certainly was for me. So accessing that sort of 15 years ago, I went on a huge healing journey and just saw how powerful addressing this area of our lives is for so many people and the transformations that were people were having, um, how they were just enjoying their lives more, felt better about themselves, their health was improving, their relationships, their creativity, so much rippled out from this. So I just found myself, um, life just took me on this route to um, be doing this as a career. And I just feel really passionate about it because there's often not many places we can talk about this openly and honestly still, even though sex looks like it's everywhere in so many people's lives, it's still a source of struggle and um, taboo and discomfort. So here I am today, sort of waving the flag that actually you can address this area of your life. It's not as scary as you might think. That's so interesting. And in a way, I'm quite glad that you say that you did struggle with this before, because I think I know of a few people online who are kind of yeah sex coaches and things. And it's quite clear that they've never struggled with it. Like they've always been since a teenager, quite like open and accepting of themselves. But actually to have someone who has been on that journey as well is quite um, comforting, I think. And yeah, I totally agree about the fact that it's even now such a taboo, even now people don't talk about it. People are not experiencing pleasure or not having as much sex as they want to or feeling so anxious about it and um, not talking about it. It's like yeah. still such a hidden thing, even in 2019. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious about what, what are the main things that you see people struggling with? So, um, Lot, lot, so, so many things. And I think just the fact that people don't talk about it, often things that might be addressed really easily build up over a period of time because they don't have the language to talk about it. They're scared of talking about it. They don't know how to, a lot of different reasons. And I feel that one of the biggest issues as well is lack of education. If we had a culture where we had healthy education and we, we learned to talk about it as children and young adults in a healthy way, I wouldn't see so many people that I see in my practice. You know, that's how huge the influence is. Um, so lack of education is massive. Also, um, sexual confidence. And this can come from many different things. It can come from lack of education, but it can come from trauma, all sorts of different things. So for example, um, people who feel like they don't know what they're doing or they are imagining what the perfect sex life would look like and they feel that they're falling short of it or all of their sex is focused on goals. So goals of having to have orgasms, looking a certain way, having erections and different things. So again, they're putting pressure on themselves. So performance anxiety kicks in around sex. Um, and that's something that's very common, that performance anxiety, um, not able to switch off and enjoy sex and relax. So for example, stress and exhaustion massively impact people's sex lives. Um, things like body image, relationship dynamics, um, not knowing um, about our pleasure and our bodies. So for example, maybe not able to orgasm, 
um, different life stages. So for example, after childbirth, perimenopause, things like that. And then there's a whole load of other sort of patterns. So for example, things like people just feel shame and guilt about who they are as a sexual being. For, they might say to me, I have this fantasy is what I'm thinking normal, for example. And for women, one of the things that I see a lot of is this, um, you know, we, we have very dis different social messaging around sex as women. And we're not often raised in our families to ask for what we want and go for what we want, um, unless it's in, within certain parameters. So I see a lot of women who are, for example, people pleasers, who are want to be perceived to be the good girl and don't know how to access different um, parts of themselves or they suppress themselves. So in sex, they... They, they only know how to be a certain way. They don't know how to find their whole, um, their whole selves. They don't know how to be at ease and flow. So it's, again, back to the performance. So, I mean, those are some of the issues that I sort of work with all the time. And there's, there's more. And there's absolutely more. Rarely is there one issue that somebody comes to see me with. As we chat and unpick it, there's often numerous things that are impacting on, um, on, on the concerns that they're having. Gosh, there's so much, isn't there? And <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's as though like all the all the issues that we have in our lives. If we are people pleaser, if we don't feel good enough, that's going to translate into our sex life more. Absolutely, to some extent. Well, there's a there's a beautiful phrase: "How we are in anything is how we are in everything." Okay. And so it's, it's, I think it's T. Harvey Ecker, who's quite a famous coach. And so often if somebody's not communicating for their sexual needs or they don't know what they want, that's reflected in the rest of their lives. And actually sexuality is a really potent place with the right sort of support and knowledge to explore that. And often then with when I'm working with people as they explore their people pleaser dynamics and they unpick that sexually, it ripples out into the rest of their lives really easily actually often. Yeah, because it's such a... Um, because when we've got the people pleasing, whatever condition patterns they are when it comes to sex, they're often coated with shame and guilt. So the power of unpicking those is, is really phenomenal. Wow. So if we're working on our sexual issues, then that can have other effects in other areas of our lives. Massively. I see it all the time. That's so, so interesting. Yeah. I'm just, I was just reflecting on like the sex education that I think I got at school where it was a classic, put a condom on a carrot or whatever. And I remember people fainting in the class because wow. it was such a like, I don't know, such an intense experience of embarrassment and shame. And it was people were, like literally hysterical in my, my school. I remember it. Um, wow. And we're not taught about anything about what sex actually is it's like that mechanical thing of like put a condom on but yeah what do you think what would you want people to know from an early age do you think if you were gonna teach people that so I think um what it's very mechanical the education that we have and still a lot of children do but it's also very fear-based so it's how not to get pregnant how not to get STIs rather than here's your bodies, they're amazing things. Get to know your body um, and to talk about pleasure, communication, how to put boundaries in place, how to um, negotiate consent, for example. Um, what is healthy sexuality and what does that look like? Um, so some of these discussions I think would be so helpful and obviously it's gotta be age appropriate. 
um, but it's it's coming at it from a positive place rather than oh here's something hidden and um, we better educate children so they don't get pregnant but there's nothing about it's not positive and a lot of people that deliver sex education are teachers in the schools that maybe haven't had specific training and then have to go on and teach the children on um, maths or history afterwards and I feel that's really unfair on those teachers and actually I feel across the board schools should have specialist teachers that, that come into schools and teach this who have the knowledge and you know I've heard stories of teachers like walking out of classes when they've been asked difficult questions um, and just not being um, literally like walking out the class um, and so I feel there's just a whole, I mean, there's a lot happening at the moment and there's a lot of people advocating for great sex education and there's, there's a lot of amazing work being done, but certainly not enough. Um, so I think for me, the thing is around positive sex education um, and not to be afraid, you know, ch young ch teenagers are going to learn this stuff online if we don't teach them it in a way that's very healthy and empowering, they're gonna learn it in more unhealthy and disempowering ways. So it's like, why avoid this um, when um, it's just so essential? And I totally believe if you were to look at the effect that no sex education has on people's lives that maybe leads in healthy, unhealthy relationships, depression, anxiety, mental health issues, alcoholism, all sorts of different things that stem from lack of education or negative sex, sexual experiences that they weren't equipped to deal with, I think it would be significant in our, in our culture. Yeah, well, I really hope things change in the near future. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to think about the messages that we take on board about sex from an early age. I'm just thinking about my dad always saying to me, men only want you for sex. You can't trust them and all this sort of thing. And I totally took that forward into my teenage years and it massively like sabotaged my relationships and intimate relationships. And, you know, we're, we're taking on board these negative messages through sex education or people's own shame, you know, parents being embarrassed when they would tell us about sex um, growing up and yeah it's, it's amazing we we aren't more messed up about it but <laughs> <laughs> and we all have messages even if we didn't have any communication around it that silence spoke volumes and so it's really good to sort of we don't you know often we look back in our lives and look where our messaging our conditionings come from around our health around relationships around our work and what what where we are now and what we want for the future but we often don't do that when it comes to sex and it's really healthy to look back and go well what were the messages I did get um, and how is that driving me now and what's serving me and what isn't because we've all got them um, so yeah it's really worth exploring amazing so one thing I wanted to dig into a little bit more deeply is specifically anxiety and kind of low self-esteem and how much that can affect us um, and our sex lives. Because, I mean, if we're in our heads all the time, worrying, worrying about what other people think, and this is definitely my story with it, was always worrying, what's the other person thinking? Trying to read their mind um, or worrying about what my body looked like or um, just not being in my body, not being in the moment. And yeah, it, it's it ruins the whole experience. So what, what sort of the, some of the things that uh, you think are the biggest issues and is there anything we can start to do to, to overcome that? Absolutely. So I feel like that, that inner dialogue that you've just said and, and I'd add things like for me, it would be what should I do next? 
um, and I'd be sort of trying to plan ahead and um, not knowing what to do. Um, or if I did think I knew what to do, I worried I'd get it wrong. Um, so, you know, it's really helpful to explore our own inner dialogue, what's creating the anxiety in this specific situation, because it's different for everybody. But when we've got that, that inner critic, that negative inner voice, not only are we not able to be present to the situation and what's really happening, it often um, results in, for example, tension in our body. We're not relaxing. Um, and so we're never going to enjoy it in those, those, those times at all. It's just not going to be an enjoyable experience. However, it's, you know, it takes time to undo that. So to have compassion for ourselves and be gentle on ourselves um, and give ourselves the space and time to explore. So I'd really, as a first step, invite you to sort of, uh, if you're listening, to write down what's your inner dialogue telling you um, in terms of the anxiety. And, and, and so, for example, for somebody, it might be really focused on they just think they don't know what to do. For somebody else, it might be more focused on their body image. For somebody else, it might be lots of different things. But what can happen is we feel that the thoughts are more powerful than us. And by just starting to understand them and see them for what, what they are, and then to do something about the messages we're telling ourselves, we can start to feel a little bit more empowered in the situation. And so, for example, if you don't know what to do, it's no wonder because nobody's ever showed us. So there's permission, go and find some wonderful education. There's so much out there. It's a real growing market, good quality sex education, thank goodness. Um, so, um, you know, for example, it might be getting some support. It might be going to talk to somebody like a coach or a therapist around some of it, but even just bringing awareness to it can start to shift it. Um, you know, you might have a partner that's supportive, for example, and actually you may have a partner who's having a similar inner dialogue, but not able to worry. We, we worry about sharing it with another person because of how they might think of us. Um, so um, that's one aspect is really examining the thoughts. One of the biggest things that I find really helps is how do we actually um, access more presence in our bodies? So for example, um, you know, we, we we um, just by bringing more awareness into our bodies, learning more about how our bodies and our pleasure works, paying more attention to what's happening in our bodies. I believe that we all have our own innate body wisdom and erotic wisdom, that when we're really connected and we tune into what feels right next, our body will just tell us, it just knows. But that's a practice and that absolutely takes time. Um, and it's not just about the bedroom. A lot of this is really developing these practices outside the bedroom so that when we get into a sexual, some sexual activity, they're more, we're more at ease with them rather than just trying them out necessarily in the bedroom. So I really encourage you know, that anything that helps us to access being in our body more, feeling our sensuality more. So that might be things like um, dancing, um, doing yoga, qigong, um, taking mindful walks, allowing ourselves to um, have experiences of relaxing. You know, so many people are so busy, so stressed and exhausted. So it might be having a lovely massage and we can do amazing self-massage. So lots that helps us to get in the body can really help. Um, and also one thing I think that's really important to, to, to mention is the way that we learn to do sex, in my experience, creates is, is something that can create anxiety. 
So for example, how we learn to do sex is we focus on the goal. So we have set ourselves up that successful sex with a partner or on our own equals both people having orgasms, ideally at the same time, um, a male body ejaculating, um, a female body orgasming. And so when we have um, goals set up like that, we can't relax and enjoy the direct experience because we're always wondering how close we are to these goals and will we get there? And that's what sets up the performance anxiety. So when I work with people, I talk about how do we move beyond a performance-based model of sex to a pleasure-based model where the only goal is pleasure. So it doesn't matter if it's a little bit of pleasure or a lot of pleasure, as long as we're experiencing pleasure, that's all that matters. And with that, doing things like practicing and bringing in more breathing, because a lot of people in their sexual experiences shallow breathe and even hold their breath, which again is going to cultivate anxiety if we're already, if we're already anxious. So things like breathing are wonderful sort of hacks, if you like, to get into the experience more, to feel calmer, to feel more present so that we can start to be more present to the experience rather than all of our attention in our heads. And so I feel that self-pleasure is a really wonderful way to practice this. Um, and it can be really rich, rewarding experiences um, that we can learn so much about our bodies and our pleasure. So there's a few things. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So it's almost as if when we're too focused on the goal, we can't enjoy the journey. And it's absolutely like the epitome of anxiety is like thinking about the future, basically, and thinking, oh, what's going to happen? So we, yeah, through that goal oriented uh, sort of approach that a lot of us have to sex, we're actually creating a lot of anxiety for us and losing touch with the pleasure that we could be having in the, in the present moment. Yeah. Absolutely. And it can be a shift for some people to move from one to the other because they're, we, you know, for example, a lot of people from an early age have masturbated and they've learned to do it quickly and quietly, which is creating, cultivating tension in the body, which when we're tense, creates shallow breathing. When we're breathing shallowly, we're in the nervous system side that's more about sort of um, fight or flight, anxiety. So often our, our, our core patterns and habits that we've learned will perpetuate that. So a lot of it is about really spending time to undo those habits and patterns and just notice where am I holding tension in my body? Where am I holding my breath? Um, and the more we do that, the more we're creating space to be present to the experience and just enjoy the journey. So it's give yourself time and patience. For most people, that's not an overnight shift. Yeah, absolutely. Is, is there a certain type of breathing that people should be doing? Or is it just deep breaths? Or is there something that you can specifically recommend? I feel for most people, it's, it's simply deep and full breaths. Um, yes, once you've mastered that, and that's become your habit, then there is other types of breath you can do. But the, for, for the, and, 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 and it's a wonderful thing to explore. Breath is an amazing key into um, shifting our experience of our pleasure and deepening that. However, for the majority of people, they're breathing shallowly and they're maybe even holding their breath quite a lot when pleasure is really exciting. So just to notice that and then to, and, and, and you might, you might go away now into your self-pleasure or your partner experience. And the first thing you'll do is notice how much you're shallow breathing and holding your breath. And that's brilliant because you're starting to become aware of something that you weren't aware of. And then bit by bit, you go, you notice that you're shallow breathing and then ah, take a really nice deep breath. 
And I find one thing that's really helpful is on the exhale to make some sort of noise or sigh sound. Yeah, because, and it's letting, it's having pretty much an even inhale and exhale. And it's not a uh, pushing the breath out, it's letting the breath come out naturally. And our pelvic floor and our, our, our jaw and our, our mouths are quite interlinked. So when we're more relaxed in our jaws, we're more relaxed in our pelvic floors and our whole body. So um, this, we often people learn to not make sound or only make sound when they orgasm. And one of the things that can really help us to relax and be more present is making a bit of sound in our sexual experience. So taking a breath in and a, ah, oh, it just literally needs to be that. Um, and so simply, simply doing that. And for a lot of people, it's really good to do that, not just in your sexual encounters, but in everyday life as well. So a lot of the time when I'm working with people, people come back and go, do you know, I tried that breath in a meeting the other day because I was feeling a bit stressed and it was amazing. Um, because we, you know, I'm sure from your work, you've, you've come across this lots as well. We are a nation of really bad breathers. Um, so um, any, any deep, conscious, full breath starts to shift things. Okay, that's such good advice. So breathing, sighing, being present, letting go of the goal. Um, I'm sure I read somewhere in a, in a book, um, when you breathe more, you feel more. Absolutely. That's one of my mantras, actually. The more you breathe, the more you feel. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Because when you're um, shallow breathing, it's like all your, if, if, you, if you were to stand and um, shallow breathe you immediately find that your legs lock your whole body locks and becomes rigid you cannot do a deep full breath like that and so when you're all your attention when you're shallow breathing is up towards the top of the body and it's like your 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 um, oxygen and everything can't flow fully through your body so if you just bend your knees a little and to take a full breath which is more natural it's like you can feel more in your hips and your awareness shifts so literally, the more you breathe, you absolutely the more you feel. So, you know, my num in fact, my, my number one tip for all of this is breathing, because if we don't breathe well, everything else is going to be limited anyway. So the breath is such a key to accessing all of this and, and to, to accessing more presence and pleasure. Brilliant. And that's something we can all do. It's free. We can all access it at any moment. Such good news. What about? Absolutely. <laughs> so simple. Yeah. 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 But we all need that reminder as well. It's like Absolutely. constantly reminding of this, just breathe. Um, what about body shame? How does that come mm. into things in your experience? Because it's got to be massive. I read a statistic the other day that 90% of women feel shamed of their body. So that means they're not feeling good enough. They're feeling um, worthless, you know, negative emotions about, about their bodies. Wow, that's a really huge statistic. I was looking at a study recently um, and they were saying that one third of UK adults felt either anxious or depressed about their body and image in the last year. And I was thinking that's got to be higher. Um, I mean, shame's a different question, but it's still, it's very significant. And, you know, we have a, we're, you know, we're constantly bombarded with adverts, which are around, this is how beauty is. And, you know, so many people I work with, particularly women, um, a big pattern that they have is comparison. So they're continually comparing themselves. And when I, I say to, to, to women, when you're comparing yourself, you're t continually telling yourself what you are not. So I'm not that thin. I'm not that beautiful. My skin isn't that clear. clear. My breasts aren't that size. And so that, that takes... Um, you know, that's like literally just like 
hitting ourselves every day and beating ourselves up. And I know that plays because I've done it so much myself. It was one of the biggest energy drains that um, I was, was doing for myself comparison. And so when we feel shame around our bodies, feel that we're not good enough, feel that there's something wrong with us, we are no way able to relax and enjoy our pleasure. And we not only we might be worrying during sex about what angle we're seen at and different things. You know, I, I've worked with many women where they can't have sex without certain items of clothing on or even with the lights um, off. And um, it, it, or, or women that have, before they're able to be intimate with their partner, have had to have gone through a specific beauty routine of makeup on, legs shaved, everything. And in my experience, the clients that I'm working with um, who are heterosexual men are just like, I don't know what my partner's going on about. I just think she's amazing. I think she's beautiful. I don't even notice all the things that she's talking about. But as women, we, you know, I think there's a particular flavor to, to body shame. Um, and um, so, so, yeah, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. But I totally believe that we can um, shift it. Um, and you know, it's been my journey. I hated my body, didn't like how I looked, didn't, like I said at the beginning, thought my genitals were actually deformed. Um, and reclaiming that for myself and going on the journey of learning to love my body. And you know, there's still odd days where I might notice a negative comment come in, but overall, I, I, I've really shifted that and I've seen many women that I've worked with. So I think if you're feeling that shame, not to feel that that's something permanent because with practice, um, you can absolutely shift it. Um, would it be helpful to share a little couple of things that might work for people? That would be brilliant. Please do. So I think it's really good to... Um, um, there's, oh, there's a wonderful film out. I don't know if you've seen it, um, called Embrace, which is a documentary about body image and a woman who went on a whole journey around her body image from Australia. Yeah, I've seen that. It's, did she kind of become a bodybuilder and then... Um... Yes, and then realised how unhappy she still was. Yes, yes. Yeah. So good. And, and she went around the world interviewing women about body shame. And, and it's brilliant. It's, it's really good because it just puts things into perspective. And I think that's positive just to connect us because sometimes we can feel we're the only ones that's experiencing something like this. And again, it's like sex. We don't talk about it. We might... And if we do talk about it, it's often in a very colluding way. So a woman will go to, we sat at lunch and they'll go, I hate my belly. And the other woman will go, yeah, mine's awful too. And don't, how do we hide it? And it becomes that sort of conversation, which often reinforces it. So, you know, I think it's really great that we really support each other as humans and really compliment each other, encourage each other um, to lift this up because it's, um, it's so insipid and deep in our society. So I feel that practices that we can do, um, I think, this, I mean, there's so many different things. I think doing things that make you feel good are really important. So things like finding some form of movement that you love, helping you to access feeling good in your body. The more you feel good, the less you can focus on what you look like. Um, and also um, just, just looking in the mirror, one of the big practices that I love is, is there one thing even that you love about yourself and your body? So for example, you might actually really love your eyes or your hair, or you might really love your legs or your bum, whatever it is, and start to focus on that one thing. And if you can find three things, amazing. 
and stand in the mirror every day and just say, God, I really appreciate how my eyes are today. Or I really appreciate how my bum looks in these trousers, for example. And this might seem little things, but it can start to rewire and retune us into what we actually do love and like, rather than our continual focus on what we don't like. And if there's nothing that you actually can physically like in this moment, you might, for example, go, I'm really grateful that my legs work today. I'm really grateful that I have my breath today. So gratitude can be a real key in. Um, and again, this is a practice that doing it every day over a number of weeks, you can start to feel shifts. Um, so it's not something that, you know, you might find it really hard at first, but over time you can start to feel shifts. Um, so that's, that's one really core cool practice that I think is wonderful as well as learning just it's like exploring moving our body and doing especially practices that connect us with our sensuality and our feelings. You know, another practice I love for women is breast massage because it's a really healing practice, but it's also a beautiful self-love practice. It's great for the health of our breasts and it's a real quick feel good practice. Once women get into it, they find that. So, um, so yeah, there's a few I could go on. <laughs> that's brilliant. And you know, on the gratitude piece, there's so much evidence to support that. It, it can sound airy fairy to have a gratitude practice, but actually, it's it does rewire your brain. It trains your mind to to think about things in more positive ways. So if you're every day focusing on those things that you like about your appearance, and or even about what you're grateful for that your body can do, you know, and its functionality, it really is going to change those negative thought patterns to much more positive ones. Totally. And I would say if you're somebody that doesn't like the look of their genitals, um, again, we don't see our genitals in the everyday like we see our faces and our, our genitals are as different as our faces. So I'd say nowadays, things like the vulva gallery, um, uh, um, there's lots of online resources now of everyday women's vulvas and vaginas that you can look at so i think go and educate yourself because a lot of women don't because they're just comparing themselves against the porn pussy which is like you know the modeling industry it's one specific type of a vagina and vulva rather than um representative of the the, the, the huge range of women that are around um, and then the other thing the other area i find that is the hardest area for so many women is bellies and so what I say is, you know, for example, again, can you connect to, for example, something that your belly's done for you? Like, for example, it might be what's birthed your child or it might be what digests your food and just stroking connection and love into your belly and just placing your hands there, breathing there and um, bringing it into your body rather than the, what we want to do often is try and reject it because we don't like it. Um, so just to give yourself time with it, because I totally believe it and, it and it's life changing, you know, it's life changing to do, um, but it takes time. Mm, this is so, so helpful. I love the practical just tips on what to do. And yeah, I'm just remembering I used to look at Victoria's Secret models. This is when I first got together with my boyfriend. We've been together nearly 10 years. But I remember thinking, why? I don't look like a Victoria's Secret model. Um, why would he ever like find me attractive? And thinking about that thought now seems so ridiculous, but at the time it like really, really bothered me and I just couldn't relax basically. Yeah. So yeah, I think the media does have a lot to answer for. And I think the Victoria's Secret Model fashion show has been canceled this year. Like it's not happening anymore because there was such a backlash last year. Okay, so That's wow. maybe a good thing. Um, mm. But yeah, just having that, that gratitude for our own bodies, what they can do and 
um, connecting with ourselves, I think is, is so, so helpful. And mm. um, one thing I wanted to ask you about is the shaking, because you sent me a video <laughs> about this and I just thought, thought it was really interesting. And um, I've looked into different forms of kind of shaking in the past and I'm quite convinced that this is really, really important for anxiety because it addresses mm. like the physical, releasing some stuff on the physical level. Can you talk a bit about that and how that can help? Absolutely. So the shaking practice is literally standing with your feet on the floor with your knees bent and just bouncing up and down and just letting the body shake. Okay. And it shouldn't hurt. There should be no stress on the knees and shaking. You might be very gentle. You might feel very vigorous some days. You might make some noise, which I'd encourage. And if you look at animals, so for example, if you've got like a fox chasing a chicken and the chicken manages to get away or um, a lion chasing a gazelle, whatever it is, when the animal gets to safety, the first thing that they do is they shake. And the shaking literally shakes all of the adrenaline and stress of the, at the situation and fear out of their bodies. And then they just trot off as if nothing's happened. They don't hold on to anything. But in our culture, we don't um, release the energy that we build up if we're feeling anxious or stressed or fearful, partly just because we don't know how to do it. And so um, one of the quickest things I find to help shift is, is this shaking practice. And I've worked with a number of people with anxiety who have come back to me and found it super helpful, so much so that they've been going into the toilets at work and just secretly shaking for a couple of minutes to, um, to, to then enable them to go back into the office and, and handle the situation. And it's so simple that in the Taoist tradition, one of my teachers calls it transforming stress into vitality. So I'd invite you to have a go at it, see how your body feels beforehand, and then check in with how you feel afterwards. And I'll pretty much guarantee you that it will be very different. So um, it's so simple, but really, really powerful. And, and you know, often when people, for example, are working on a self-pleasure practice, I'll say shake at the start of it. Get any tension or stress out of your, your body, helps you to become more present, helps you to you know, imagine shaking off your anxious thoughts. Um, so just encourage you to play with it. Um, because it, it really I find it something very powerful so it's just standing with your knees slightly bent and you're kind of bouncing and shaking bouncing. and kind of and should people how long is there a guideline for how long they should do that for is it do you do it to music is it best to do it quietly or I you know I there's so many ways you can do it so like brilliant idea to do it to music totally you can do it without music you could do it for 30 seconds and you'd feel a difference but you could do it try it for five ten minutes i've done practices where we've done it for 15 20 minutes um half an hour just of shaking um so it's 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 play with it it's like a tool i think with all of these practices don't try to fit yourself into the practices fit the practices into your life in a way that works for you because then if you do you're more likely to do them Okay, that's good. That's good news. You can't get it wrong. If you're, if you're someone like me who worries about getting it wrong, you cannot get this wrong. Yeah. And I really want to urge listeners to try this because I think it is, I hope people are talking about shaking more in the next few years because I'm convinced it is like meditation is for the mind. I think shaking is for the body for just getting, making a change in terms of anxiety and getting that stress out. So I hope people Wonderful. will try that. Mm, yeah totally I really encourage it yeah is there anything else that you um, think is really important for people to know in terms of I don't know practical things that people can do or things that we can you know improve our intimacy or anything mm. 
Wow, how long have you got? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess if I should give you sort of a few top tips, I would say a lot of people come to me thinking that they want to enhance their technique. And I would say technique is actually just maybe 10, 20% of it. More important is our state of being. If we're relaxed, fairly confident, feel good about our bodies, we're just going to enjoy whatever we're doing so much more than if we're stressed, mind going ten to the dozen with negative, anxious thoughts. So anything that you can do to cultivate that, and I find that often it's things outside the bedroom to cultivate connecting with your body, cultivate how you relax, um, cultivate enjoying pleasure. A lot of people um, I work with simply are not able to enjoy pleasure. They see pleasure as something that's pointless because it doesn't have a tangible outcome. You know, um, you know, I was raised with the Protestant work ethic of, you know, you work all week, all year, all your life, actually, and you sort of enjoy it when you retire, that sort of postponing pleasure. So for me, it took a while um, um, to actually learn to just allow pleasure. And actually, research shows now how pleasure is good for us because it really um, produces all the feel-good hormones, gets us out the stress hormone cycle. So doing things that were pleasurable, um, that um, cultivate um, relaxation, different things, super, super important. Um, and then the more you do those, the more natural those ways of being will be in the bedroom. Um, educate yourself. This is lifelong learning, you know, really discovering what's true for you sexually. What do you imagine that you'd like to try and enjoy? not what you feel you should enjoy. And it's going to change. You know, for example, if you meet a new partner, it might take you in a different direction. After having a child will take you in a different direction. At menopause, um, times that come into life, like grief and different things, will change a lot around our sexuality. They have the potential to do that. So it's something that, you know, like your health, continually checking in on. Is this what I want to be doing? What do I want to know? What do I want to learn? Because we don't have a practice we don't have a culture of practice around sex. It's like we're all just expected to show up in the bedroom and know what to do. But if a band plays at the O2 Arena in London, they put hours of practice in to do that concert, yet we're expected to just show up in the bedroom and just know. And actually, we have to go and learn. And, and finally, because um, uh, there's so much I could share, you know, part of the journey of, of, of claiming this part of your life for yourself is to learn to love your body, learn to love who you are as a sexual being, to clear any guilt and shame out the way. And part of that is getting to know yourself and also talking about it. There's a brilliant piece of research done and it showed that women who get together to talk about sex for a period of like, say, four weeks, once a week, just to talk about it, saw something like a 25 to 30% decrease in all their sexual concerns. Um, and actually, that's one concern I didn't mention that's super common, is just not feeling any desire. Um, and a lot of that's down to stress and exhaustion in our culture. So just creating space to talk about it, to brave learning what the language, finding a way to communicate with your partner. And it may feel clumsy and clunky at first because we, we maybe haven't spoken about this to anyone. But I promise you with time and practice, you'll soon go, oh my gosh, this was so much easier than I imagined it would be for most people. I love that idea because I remember when I at university, like, me and my girlfriends would get together and talk about sex or whatever but when you get a bit older we don't necessarily talk about it anymore and actually maybe it would be good to have more conversations and talk about things that we're struggling with in that area because I think we don't really to be honest and talk about it honestly mm. because often we put on a brave face 
and you know we might have a girlfriend who feels like she orgasms all the time and has an amazing time so then you don't share what's true for you and I had a lovely example the other day with a client who braved talking to her friend who thought that was she was really had it together sexually and when she braved sharing her own vulnerabilities and challenges she's someone who gets a lot of anxiety around sex um, this woman shared all these problems that she was having and it actually it was a massive thing for her because she realized she was making a lot of assumptions that she was then comparing herself against which were making her feel um, even even less great about her situation. So actually having this honest conversation was actually a really powerful moment for her. And it gives everyone else permission to say, um, yeah, do you know what? This isn't actually that great for me, or this is challenging for me. Um, so it's a really deeply connecting conversation um, and can be just so empowering having open and honest conversations, but also can take a lot of courage. So I really wanna honor that if you're gonna share that. So, and also you wanna share it with people who you know have got your best interests at heart. Um, and you know, good friends who who are supportive of that. Um, but it really can change things just that alone. I'm going to have to get some friends over for some conversations about this. I think <laughs> plan of absolutely a <laughs> circle around it. I, I really like, yeah, I really like what you shared about um, how often people come to you looking for like, like techniques, but actually, it's almost like the little. Uh, the sex tips in Cosmopolitan magazine or something like five ways to drive him wild. Actually, it's, it's a lot deeper than that. And it's about connecting with yourself and being comfortable with yourself and accepting your body. And when you do that, the technique, well, the techniques come naturally. You don't need to like think about, Oh, what am I doing next? Cause you're just tuned into the moment and tuned into your body. Absolutely. And you, you know, you can always learn. There's always more to learn. Um, but, um, you know, absolutely those sort of top five tips and different things. That's where people think they need to put their attention, but it's actually just much better. The other, cause the other key thing around this is often people think their sexuality only exists in relation to somebody else, but our sexual sexuality we're sexual beings from birth. It's just part of who we are, that sexual energy we have in it as, which is actually our life force. It's where our creativity and all sorts of things flow. It's our essence. And so when we connect to that and we connect to it for ourselves first and foremost, that changes how we are with other people around us as well. So we become much more confident, much more happy and accepting of who we are naturally rather than trying to be something else. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing everything that you shared. I think this is so such an important topic and it's such important work that you're doing. So thank you for everything that you do. Um, where can people find out more about you and learn about the work that you do? So my website is um, Sarah Rose Bright. So it's Sarah with an H, Rose Bright, B-R-I-G-H-T, or lowercase.com. And if you search for me on Instagram, I have a, quite an active Instagram page where I do lots of little um, I Instagram TV um, little podcasts with lots of just really helpful, useful snippets of information. So come and say hello there. And also my Facebook page, Sarah Rose Bright Sex Coach. So thank you for inviting me because it's so wonderful that you're creating space for this conversation with your listeners because it is such a, a huge um area that's having such an impact on so many people's lives and so you know I really really I guess my if I had a final message if that's okay yeah. it would be to say you know uh, to to get some support for yourself and don't be scared 
you know, so whether that's finding something like a coach or it's picking a book up, because even picking a book up, start to challenge some of the beliefs you may be having about this area of your life. And it's so, so common, you know, the statistics on people who have challenges in this area of their lives for all sorts of different reasons. You are so not alone. And addressing this can be so, you know, the gifts are amazing. Um, so whatever the support is, whether it's talking to a friend, studying videos on YouTube, um, whatever it is, but find the support that resonates for you. Um, and, um, you know, because you're worth it. It's, it's such an important part of life. Um, and so I just say, don't be, don't be scared of getting help. Often the, the, the first thing, the hardest thing is making the first step in this area. And then once you start to unpick it all, unravel it and see, wow, no wonder this was so such a challenging area because I haven't had any education. All these things have happened in my life. So bit by bit, you start to find more compassion and gentleness for yourself in it as well. Um, and if you feel okay or great about this part of your life as well, I'd encourage to go away and learn more because again, people um, often sort of, they don't do that. Um, it's, it's, they don't get support to learn in this area of their lives, but there's so many amazing online courses and books out there. So again, just really encourage you to go and investigate and explore. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, just echoing that to everyone listening, go and get some help because this is something that can change. If you're feeling really stuck, it can change. I've done a lot of work on in this area myself and it's made a massive difference to me. And um, yeah, I just want to encourage people to, to get help and go and, go and speak to Sarah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for talking to us. Thank you so much for having me. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really hope you learned a lot from it. Come on over to Instagram. Come and find me. I'm at Chloe Brotheridge. Let me know what you're taking away from this episode. Was this intriguing for you? Was this new information? What are you going to be taking forward from this episode? Come on over and let me know because I would love to hear. And do you have a friend who really needs this, who you know might be silently or not so silently struggling with some of the topics that we've discussed today please do take a screen grab of this podcast or find another way to let them know about this podcast and this free resource and I'm going to ask as I always do please do leave me a review in iTunes if you have a minute and subscribe and leave me a rating that would be awesome so yeah I'm just sending you loads of love and hoping you have a brilliant week and that you will tune in again next time Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.